folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suomi. And I'm James Rathbone. And this is our final episode of this season. Final episode of the decade. Of the decade. My God. I know. Oh, my God. The next time you hear our voices, it'll be in a new decade. Yeah. 2020 when, you know, all kinds of crazy shit's going to happen. Flying cars, finally. Yeah. We made it, guys. Yeah, just what we need. Yeah. That's, that's the only That's the only thing that, that would solve everything, actually. It's funny that that was, like, the, the one thing the, the past wanted of the future was flying cars. And we're like, can you just not destroy the environment? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's our dream I, future. That's so true. You know? Oh, my God. It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's bleak, but it shows how how irresponsible we once were. Yeah, exactly. As a society, we dream, you know we got real, got a little too close to the sun, mm-hmm. and then destroyed the atmosphere uh, by putting too much CO two in it. And then came back Damn. down to Earth, where we all will die of droughts and so on and so forth. Man, Kyle said that he put us in a dark <laughs> mood for this, and wow, it is really, it is really shining through. Yeah, just well, you know, how what, are you, you gonna start an episode with death talk like yeah. that? <laughs> You know what? We're probably (laughs) probably we'll figure it out, right? We figured stuff out in the past. Your voice is so unconvincing. (laughs) It's it's actually frightening. Well, you know, it's a good thing that we have music. That's true, because that's a place that we can just enjoy in the here and now, and don't have to think about what future lies ahead. It's true. It's true. And um, honestly, the 2010s were a fantastic decade for rap and R and B music. Maybe the best ever. Wow. Honestly, maybe yeah, the best ever. What, what? Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, like if you think of like all the different pockets that we're hitting in this Ugh. in this decade, it's it's fucking insane. Yeah, it's like even going over going over the last, even going from 2015 to now yes, is like yeah. will blow your mind. Yeah, exactly. You know, with the Drakes and the Kendricks and the Beyonces and Salons and mm-hmm. Frank Ocean and you know, yeah. <laughs> like, no, absolutely. I and mean, then, and then you think of the early part of the decade. Yeah. And you got Frank Ocean, Kendrick, Kanye. Yeah, you know, yeah, true. You got you got so two much. Con- two of Kanye's best albums. Yes, that's right. Know? That's right. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Anyway, so we'll we're we're gonna we're gonna rank. I don't know if we're gonna rank or we're just gonna mention yeah, you know, this ones. Fuck ranking. Yeah, I mean, like you know what? Like yeah, fuck ranking. All I'm gonna say is that Frank Ocean's Blonde is my album of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, fuck ranking. I mean, honestly, we should just really just talk about. The artists that define the decade and the, and the albums that represent it, because then we can even talk about the other albums uh, that like, like okay, I listened to between like twenty twelve and twenty fourteen. I listened to Channel Orange like a million times. Mm-hmm. Between you know twenty sixteen and twenty eighteen, I listened to uh, Blonde a million times. Like what the f- who like yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. I would have known in twenty fourteen that it was like there's going to be another Frank Ocean album that's more recent to the podcast that i'm recording so i'm gonna like this release more than that release yeah it's i true. just love them that's you know? true it's a good point it's a good point so um yeah yeah do we have anything to promote nah no we don't yeah no we don't <laughs> we'll, we'll be i guess we'll be back in 2020 yeah um follow us on follow instagram us, still follow us on instagram <laughs> you know? yeah i follow us on instagram you'll Fo- see, you'll see the next the, our next announcement on instagram or sure. stay subscribed we will uh the announcement of our next iteration will come through but let's just be a little self-aggrandizing for the moment. Let's follow us on our individual Instagram. Yeah, you, you can, know what? I think I'm I'm on private. But You're on private? Yeah, well, yeah. You don't even post wild shit. No, but it's like you know, niggas got enemies out here. True. You gotta Can't keep this shit locked you know down. You, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and if you, they got burner accounts, I'd be I'd be blocking that shit. Wow. Otherwise, we're gonna get into this episode. Let's do it. 
All right. I want to start off by yeah. talking about one of the most important artists of this decade to me, one of the most important artists of my life, really. Mm-hmm. And that's Future. Mm. You know, and it starts from his like debut uh, major label release, which is called Pluto, mm-hmm. which is definitely one of my favorite albums of the decade. Yeah. I don't know if, it, if an album has meant more to me, truthfully. Because mm-hmm. I think about the time in my life when I was listening to it, it was like 2012. I just graduated university. I was just starting to get really... I was starting to discover more that there was like in a a whole, you know, media industrial complex surrounding some of my favorite artists. You know, mm-hmm. this is where I, I feel like 2012 is when I st- really started discovering way more writers who were writing about the hip hop that I was interested in, in the way that I liked, you know, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it, it, it was just an album that when it came out, I, I just listened to it a ton. And I feel, I feel like future on this album in a lot of ways, I mean, it was a continuation of you. Think about the singing, the auto tune, the, the, the emotive but stuff. It, it's still different, though. It was still different from Lil Wayne. It was a continuation of Lil Wayne's stuff, but it was its own kind of thing. Yeah, and I feel like in a lot of ways it, it kind of influenced the rest of the decade so uh, decade so much. And so it's funny because in 2012, liking Future was pretty controversial. Yeah, like I remember a good friend of mine um, who's like deeply involved in the music industry now, mm. and. Uh, manages an artist that is massive mm-hmm. and he's a huge hip hop fan always was always a huge hip hop head and like i could never explain i could never get him to listen to future and i still remember the time that he came back to toronto and this future had put out this song mason margella mm-hmm. which is like kind of like a throwaway future song but a really outstanding one and he was like he's like man i, I get future now he's like for years i just didn't get it mm-hmm. and this is like a full two years after pluto came out yeah and i was like man and like you know obviously future had bigger heights to hit after that but it was still like it was a struggle to get people to, to take Future seriously because he sang so much because he used so much autotune. Mm. But on Pluto, where where this is like some of the stuff that I think was most uh, challenging for people to get into, mm. it's like some of his best songs. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Especially like uh, the Future really had this lane of like the kind of thug love songs that I like love, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, just like Future, I, I remember say, saying once to my friend Sin, like I think that I learned, I learned how to love from Future. <laughs> It's a future needs to learn how to love. Yeah, he does. He does. I mean, that's <laughs> also probably why I've had some problematic relationships in my life. Yeah. <laughs> that's fully a joke. Um, but like, I mean, f- the 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 well, like the, the the depth of emotion in some of these future songs mm. was just it was so astonishing to me because I don't know if I, I I'd never really connected with something or heard something where somebody who is like a character, like a, a persona, like future. Who's the whole thing is like, I'm so unfeeling and uncaring. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'll, I'll be a hustle on the block all day, every day. Nothing else gets in front of this MOB, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you know, Oh man, I love this woman. I hope I run into, her. you know, he's yeah, like yeah, describing yeah, yeah. his fantasy woman. He's like, I hope I can run into her. If I do, I'm not going to sell any drugs. I'm going to be keeping life, but you know, yeah, yeah. being real square with it. Cause like, the thing was like with the, the uh, you know, 808s and heartbreaks, the it's like Kanye's kind of whining about a breakup ultimately yeah. yes you know that's what it is you know it's he's sad because he's like but he's mad and sort of vindictive a little mm-hmm. bit in the lyrics Lil Wayne raps about uh drugs mm-hmm. and he raps a little bit of loving like stuff in the prostitute flange but it's yeah. not a heartbreak it's not like soulful in the same kind of way it's a little bit True. more like wooing type stuff or the the bad the sad stuff is the drug stuff which is sad mm-hmm. uh and then T-Pain just rapping about you know, being in love with stripper and, and bartenders being sprung in general. Yeah. Um, it's true. Future it's, really did carve out a, a kind of new lane. Yeah, exactly. So standout songs from this, uh, this project for me are like turn on the lights, which is for sure. One of my favorite songs ever. Mm-hmm. 
uh, total, total will be played at my wedding song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's listen to a little bit of Turn on the Lights. It's probably been a while since you've heard it. Pluto, you know, Dirty Sprite 2. Oh my god, DS2. so incredible. He sort of, for me, suffered a little bit for having the most like, it's like a little bit hard to pick for me, what yeah. my favorite project yeah. is. 56 Nights, Monster, um, even, Hendrix. Even Purple Rain. Purple which, Rain is incredible. Which is not on Spotify, but I think it's on Tidal, and it's also on YouTube. It's incredible. Incredible. It's so good. Like, it, it's, yeah, he's sort of funny, because he's he, <clears throat> it's like he's kind of farther down. He's sort of similar to another artist who I'll, we'll, we'll bring up as well, where it's sort of like, which one is his best, and therefore not having as much of a standout as maybe some other artists do. True. Is hard, it's harder to kind of be like, oh, well, that was like the greatest album of the decade. Because Future 4, from 2012 to 2017, was putting out an amazing project every year. It's true. I do I do think that if there's going to be one, it's got to be DS2. Yeah, probably. I think, just because it's yeah, like... It that signifies was... the, the peak of his run, where he yeah. was just so incredible and it's also like you know it was a return to form Mm -hmm. you know after in terms of like major label like releases yeah he had honest in 2014 which is uh it's still your your stunts defender of and there are some really good songs on it yeah but it was like received kind of like lukewarmly yeah and it did feel a little bit anard it felt aggressively anard yeah you know that song I Won with Kanye, yeah, where they're yeah, both like in cringy, these so. celebrity relationships, future with Ciara, Kanye obviously with Kim. Yeah. And it was just like, ew. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, that's so. like so anal. Even the like um, Move That Dope song with Pharrell. Yes, it was like. It. That's not really future. Yeah. You know? It's still, it's not a bad song. But that was like, that's also a, a classic tactic of the time. You think of ASAP Rocky with fucking problems. Yeah, it's exactly. like, let's just get all the, it's like even going back a few years, Drake with Forever. Yeah. Let's get all the rap. Like super superstars super yeah. on this one song, it's a guaranteed hit, and it yeah. is. But it just doesn't really sound like that artist as yeah, a result. Exactly. You know, there's no there's no vision to it. It's just like let's all do uh, a good a, a hot verse on this like kind of generic rap pop song. Yeah. Um. So we got to talk about Kanye West. Yes, we do. Uh, for me, my favorite Kanye album, maybe ever. I don't know. It's hard to say because yeah. there's so much recency bias, but. Uh, I really, really love The Life of Pablo. Mm-hmm. You know, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is obviously receiving a lot of adulation lately, mm-hmm. much very deservedly. Yes. Uh, but, you know, Pablo, for me, the reason I love it so much is that it, I feel like you get every kind of Kanye on it. I feel that there's like, hmm. uh, there's like the old Kanye on like No More Parties in LA and, um, even, Even like, like 30 hours yeah, or like, yeah. you know, these sort of more emotive, like 
introspective Kanye uh, or real uh, friends. Real friends. Or, yeah. yeah. Real friends. And then you have like uh, sort of grandiose Kanye of like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy on songs like Famous. Mm. Um, you have the, what is by far, you know, thankfully, unfortunately, Jesus King is not as good as Ultralight Beam. Yeah. But Ultralight Beam as an album opener is just so incredible. Hmm. You have songs, uh, you know, like that are like wolves that would feel sort of uh, like not out of place or like freestyle number five, is four. That four, four, number yeah. four, that uh, would feel, feel out of place on Yeezus, you know? Mm-hmm. So to me, it was sort of like, I felt I felt like at the time Kanye might never release another album after this. This is sort of like Kanye. My it's like the best of Kanye, all on one album. If that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. And you know, I I really agree with you on a lot of this stuff. And it's like I also just loved. Um, I think this is a very important album because I think it just like some songs just really get at real issues. Mm-hmm. Like if you uh, get a model's bleached asshole on your t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. that is something that I think a lot of us are concerned about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, or uh, if you just want to know if uh, every bad bitch in the Equinox is a freak or not. It's like a valid question. <laughs> pops through pretty much everybody's head at least once a day. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really love Real Friends. I also love, and you get, you get like self, he's so, the self-awareness on this album is really like through the roof. And, mm-hmm. and if you think of a song like I Love Kanye, it's yeah. just like, which is like an acapella yeah. Kanye saying everything that everyone has said to him probably over the years and he's and has been out and like kind of attacking it head on, you yeah. know, and like it's, making fun of himself yeah. and making fun of it and making yeah. fun of the fact that he's not the old Kanye. But but I feel like by virtue of doing that is showing that he is the old Kanye. Yeah. It's like even honestly something as small as the Silver Surfer intermission. Like Max B will we'll probably, I mean, we'll see what happens when he gets out of prison, which should be soon. Yeah. Uh, but he might go down as sort of one of the most sort of underratedly influential rappers because he was this New York New York rapper who was very pioneering in the mel- melodic style that's become so popular and went to jail and 10 years later, 11 years later is getting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, even his appearance on it, which is really just there because Wiz Khalifa, who is like one of the biggest Max B fans in the world, yes. was, say, was talking about the use of the term waves Yes. yes. <laughs> and it's like, but it's like, like that should be a really throwaway, stupid, petty thing. But like, just Max B, this is by far his highest profile moment in his career. True. And, and it, that, as a huge Max B fan myself, I love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, yeah, it's true. And so it's like, it's something about it all kind of came together in the right way, considering Kanye seemed to be paying a lot more attention to his shoes at the time this came out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And it's just it, it it just sort of summed up that time when so much good music was coming out. It's true. It's you know? true. I think it's also just like if you think of how this album when it came out, it was kind of controversial. Like mm-hmm. some people didn't like a it. A lot of people still don't like it. Yeah, well a lot of people you can't trust. That's true. Um but it's like thinking about where Kanye is now, <sighs> which is like obviously like kind of disappointing. Jesus Six King, yay. Yeah. Like just the stuff he's doing is like just doesn't it's like it's not good. It's yeah. it's like it's there's there's a very there's essentially no way you can positively spin what's happened to Kanye's music. Yeah, you know, no, there isn't, and there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. His career, uh, otherwise, I mean, his shoe line's actually doing very well. Oh, so doing, doing great. Yeah, it's money doing is great. not an issue. Yeah, so but it's like if you think about 
the lead up to this album and how messy it was and how mm-hmm. much things changed and how this is the first album that anyone ever actually started changing the album after it was already out, which is mm-hmm. like gone on to influence everybody, everybody or yeah. a lot of people. Um, and just like, if you go back to these, these songs, these songs hold up the, the work works, you yeah. know? So it's like, it's almost quaint to look back at this album and think about the rollout and how stressed everyone was and how annoying it was because mm-hmm. the final product is great. Yeah. Whereas now you have an annoying rollout and all this stress and then the final product is Neither. at best okay. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, obviously, shout out Yeezus and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy because they are both great albums. Stellar. I mean, I don't think really that much needs to be said about my... Is that on your top five, My Dark Twisted Yeah, it Fantasy? was. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about it. You we know, don't. We don't have to. I think. I think there's so much about it out there. Though. Yeah, and I think if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you listen to that record. Yeah, and bit. if you haven't, like, honestly, go, go listen, listen to this to shit. It. Man. Yeah, and yeah. even if you have, go and listen to this yeah, shit. Yeah, I listened to it again for the first time in in many years recently. I was like, yeah, okay. I actually liked it better than I did at it's, the time it came out. Also, you know, you know what? Watch the Throne, which is now on oh, Spotify. So good. Also very good. Yeah, it's so good. Also very damn good. It was, we were really, that was sort of a time where that, I think if that album hadn't come out the year after my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, mm. the tour was really, people talked a ton about the tour, but I think the album yeah. would have done better if it come out either before or a little bit later on. I think a little bit later would have been better. Yeah. Like 2012 would yeah. have been, would have been prime. Like, like considering, cause Kanye was really at sort of the peak of his his powers yeah. in 2012 and like cr- like uh cruel summer we like listen oh, to yeah. that shit and that oh, had yeah. like four good songs on it yeah it's true <laughs> it's true mercy yeah. baby mercy still a good song yeah it is um yeah i mean kanye sort of you know like all the people that we're talking about you could kind of argue they're artists of the decade kanye's i i wrote an uh, article recently about why kanye was the artist of the decade mm-hmm. and it was basically the thesis was Kanye's like journey from like the highs and the lows of sort of the post recessionary bounce back to, uh, you know, him disappointing so many people with his political views reflects our experiences. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, true. unfortunately that for better or worse, that is the case. All right. Um, let's talk about Beyonce. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm Beyonce. I have to say it's almost, if it's possible, her decade is sort of underrated. Yeah. Because it was so strong from the beginning. I think there's also there's also an element of like, you know. What more can you say a little bit? Also, is it possible that we're taking Beyonce for granted? Controversial take. Yes, that's true. Because there are all those people that are like, Beyonce is my spirit animal. Yeah, but I mean, first of all, even that's fucked up. But um, uh, No doubt about that. But I mean, like, just in terms of like music from this decade mm-hmm. i feel like you know when we talk about beyonce we end up talking about all of the other this, stuff the other stuff the celebrity mm-hmm. uh you her, know ivy park yeah her you sort know, of goddess status her goddess status was going on with jay-z all this shit mm-hmm. but like if you go through these albums from like self-titled mm-hmm. um which has just like you know incredible oh, songs on that's there. my favorite beyonce album you got partition you got oh, drunken love you got I think flawless it's, it's near it's a near perfect album for sure yeah and then even on even on the like you know the deluxe ver- the platinum edition as it's called you got 7-eleven which is like a great beyonce yeah song i mean yeah drunken love to me one of the best songs of the decade no doubt mm-hmm. but i love i actually love the song blow uh which is like a sort of uh funky pharrell song that comes out after it mm-hmm. um 
it sort of yeah it reminds me of a of a more of like a 90s song almost or something like that you know or like early 2000s kind of neptune peak neptune yep 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 just uh, a lot of you know and then when you get to like lemonade which obviously i think is probably going to be her most memorable project yeah for this decade. i think yeah. so for most people yeah, and I think that obviously this album had so much intrigue because of like the rumors mm-hmm. of Jay Z having an affair yeah, or yeah. multiple affairs, and like the whole thing with Solange in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think about like the songs, yeah, you got you know Beyonce on the Yeehaw agenda on here, you know, like mm-hmm. with uh, <laughs> hold. <laughs> which song is it? Is it Daddy Lessons? Daddy Lessons, yeah. But then you got stuff like Hold Up, Don't Hurt Yourself, which I love. Yeah. Um, Remember, so there was a wedding that Jordan and I did, um, you know, not like last year, and it was a little dicey DJing at a point. So I won't go into it more than that. But I remember we played all night at the end of it, and it was like cathartic. You know, <laughs> it was like such a beautiful song. There's been multiple weddings that I, I'm not subbing anybody except for one person, but there are multiple weddings that you might have thought that you were at that we played that song, and I'm not. Maybe I'll just take that part out. <laughs> uh, yeah, All Night is just such a beautiful song. And uh, even like song like Freedom, which on the record is not one of my favorite songs. She mm-hmm. has an incredible performance of it with Kendrick. Yes, that's right. It's like just it's like which added it's like another depth to it. It's true. It's true. It. It's true. And also this I mean, this album has sorry. Yeah. It has formation, goddamn it! Yeah, exactly, formation. formation. That is one of the songs of the decade, Easily, undoubtedly, one hundred percent, undoubtedly. Yeah. You know, so but this is not even to talk about like homecoming, which is like, yeah, incredible. If you, if we had, we did an entire episode on this, um, it is episode, episode, it's episode thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen watched the homecoming documentary for some reason. Like, go and watch it, man. Yeah. It fucking lives up. To, it exceeds the hype. Yeah. And I know that's so hard to do with something related to Beyonce because it feels like there's so much hype around her, but it exceeds the hype. Mm-hmm. Go and watch Homecoming. Like, there is there is very few, there are very few better things that you can watch literally in the entire universe. I really think that Homecoming is one of the most important documents of this <laughs> cultural era. No, it's, I mean, just to see what her, like, because she will persist. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if in a way that like even like Drake, who's probably just as big a star in some regards for mm-hmm. this decade. I mean, Beyonce, maybe more sort of international, but like Drake was more intertwined with culture, you could say. Yeah. Um, maybe. If, eh, well, it's different. Yeah, it's, it's just different. different. It is different. Like uh, Beyonce is more mainstream, you know, exists sort of in a, a, a tier oh. on, of her own. True. You know, True. Um Drake's not there yet. Yeah. And he might not, he might, he might, he'll, he might, never yeah, he'll never get there. He'll never I don't, there. there's very, very few artists that ever get into it. She's in the sort of Michael Jackson, Prince, Ma- yeah. you know, Madonna, Madonna, like the very, the very, very top, like, yes, you know, true. Whitney Houston, yeah. uh, you know, Marvin Gaye, the, that Adele. That, yeah. Adele. <laughs> yeah. Adele might be the best selling artist of all time. Uh-huh. You know, she, she still sells tens of millions of physical copies. <laughs> like she's on, she's yeah. on another plane. Anyway, I mean, not as as you know important culturally, but very. I mean, unless you're like a middle aged woman, yeah, it's true. You know, then she's very vital to your culture. But mm-hmm. anyway, Beyonce. I mean, I guess all that is to say, just don't take the music for granted. Yes, even if you're annoyed. I mean, some people are anti celebrity and kind of annoyed by the mania around Beyonce. Yeah, don't take Who that cares? on. Don't take that on Beyonce. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just listen to the music and ignore the rest. Yeah. 
um, let's talk about Drake, though. Okay. Because Drake is... I My most controversial opinion in music is the quality of Views, his 2016 <laughs> is, album. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so Views is was like Drake's probably... He hyped that album up so much. Yeah. He'd, he'd had his first number one with Hotline Bling shortly before. Mm. And then it came out, and I think it was mostly disappointing to people. Yeah, it was. See... I, so this is a little twist here that is totally unfair and uh, not really natural at all that I resequenced the album, took out Hotline Bling and the opening track, Family Ties, which is m- maybe keep, his worst song. Keep the family close. Keep the family close, whatever it's. Yeah, I'm confused with Mob Ties. Keep the family close, which is maybe his worst song and uh, resequenced it so it flows better. And it's like, I feel like it, is his best album, which is totally unfair because he never resequenced it. Yeah, it's do you not like the Drake out. album or do you like your version of the Drake album and that you're trying to put into our top best of the 2010s? <laughs> uh, the latter. <laughs> uh, but like it's in part, it's because I think there is such good music on it. And yeah. also in part because Drake, you could argue uh, I mean, the, the more, the stronger consensus is that if you're still reading this, yes. is his best album. Yes, I agree. And that, uh, uh more life argue, is... Arguable with, uh... Take care. No, with Nothing, nothing Was, was the, the Same. same which yeah. is, a lot of people in Boozy Fig Group are writing very hard. That's the album the to me. In terms of, like, having the consistency and the quality yeah. that extends from front to back... And the singles, and it holds up, I feel like that's the one. Take Care to Me does not very hold up very well. You know, uh, it, that's true. I think it was more of a, much more of a time and place It's album. true. It is a time and place album. Yeah. Um, but uh, More Life is also super underrated. I agree. That album is great front to back. It doesn't really have any bad songs on it. It's like... Oh, my God. It's also got the fucking No Long Talk. Yeah. You want to no talk about talk? bangers? Galchester. Oh, my God. KMT? KMT. Oh, my God. Like, More Life... Probably actually is his best album, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, like, that's the music. Like, Drake just got better and better as time went on. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty terrible rapper in 2010. Yeah. By 2019, he is one of the best rappers. Yeah. You know, most people don't think that's true or or have the caveat that he's ghostwriters and that makes him not good. Whatever. Yeah. Guess what? Most rappers have ghostwriters. I'm yeah, man. To tell you. You don't know. You don't know, but they actually almost all do. Check out fucking Youngberg, also known as Hitmaker's credits, man. That guy's yeah. writing some of your favorite rapper songs yeah, right now. Exactly. You know? So, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, like th- this is the thing. Like the 2010s are the decade of Drake. Yeah. That's undeniable. Yeah. He's like one of the most dominant artists. His his catalog is mind blowing. Yeah. When it comes come when it comes to singles alone, I went to see Drake. I guess last year, so yeah. 2018, Drake and Migos at the Scotiabank Arena, which is like the where the Raptors play, it's where the Leafs play, our big arena. And, you know, Drake has so many hits that he has to do a medley of hits at some point where he's, yeah. like, he's like, I'm not going to get everything in. I'll give you half a verse or like a, a verse for, because it's not just that, it's not just like, it's Drake's albums, but it's also his features that he's bodied. Mm-hmm. Like the proficiency of Drake, like Drake's hit rate is so fucking high. Yeah. You know, like if you're, if you're putting it at like, percentages yeah you know it's got it's something ridiculous if it was in sports it would be astonishing yeah (laughs) i I mean jay-z's metric for the best rapper of all time he said in an old interview i listened to with juan dixon uh was who has the most good songs huh and because at the time that was (laughs) jay-z but it might i mean you know this was probably in like 2010 or something might you know kanye up there up there for sure but drake 
I don't know if anyone's ever going to come to come come close to oh the numbers God, that Drake right. has. You're right. It's insane. If it's, you're if you're including features, in feature, yeah, you can't exactly. fuck with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you straight up cannot fuck with him. Yeah. And think think of something like the my, my way, the Fetty Wap song, exactly. the, the, the remix that Drake's on. Yeah. It's like that's like that's a song that Drake. I think he performed it in his medley, but that's a song that he easily could not perform, and that yeah. would be another yeah. artist's best verse ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, club going up on a Tuesday, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, this guy is just made, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. like Iconic. And it's an iconic you, song, and it's not even necessarily his top 25, 50 best songs. Listen, like, if you hate Drake, just musically, put some respect on his goddamn name. Yeah. Like, put some fucking respect on his name, dude. This guy's putting numbers on the board basically every year of this decade and as the decade got got like went on yeah more and more numbers yeah come on he, yeah i mean as you said in our last pod you can he can sneeze at a top 10 hit like money in the grave which is a big song he did this year throwaway it's a throwaway, throwaway. it's a it's he like he just put that out because he had a lying around after the raptors won the right. championship it's true and it's true and you know it makes me think of like uh i think in like 2015 whenever it was a tuesday got nominated for a grammy the writer Rawia Kamer, who used to work at the Fader, said Drake got a Grammy nomination for a SoundCloud Lucy. Yeah, and I'm like, that just really says it all, right? Yeah, there. Really, you know? really does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so. What's interesting about Drake with this list is that he, he's not really an album artist. Ultimately, at yeah, the end it's of the true. Day. Uh, more life, I think. I think his albums are slightly underrated. I think more life is more than any of them is underrated. Mm-hmm. Like people f- went insane for it and Boozy Fade when it came out. I it's never heard album. anyone talk about it. I know. I think it's just because it's like it's so easy. I think when you come with the disappointment of Scorpion, yeah. Just as, but the thing is, Scorpion. There's a good out. Al- there's on some Drake albums. There's a good album in- hiding inside of like. Yes, Scorpion definitely is. A good there's album. a good album inside of Scorpion. Yeah, there's a great album inside of Scorpion. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Scorpion has. So some my, of his best songs. I think, yeah, some of his best songs. I think my favorite Drake song ever, legitimately, yeah. is nonstop. Interesting. I really, it's just, to me, it's yeah. just like, it's just like. Him rapping at his best, his cockiness. Yes, cockiest. It's like, so, it's funny. Yeah. It's like, it, and it's just, and there's also an element of like, I think part of what has, has, has hampered Drake in some ways, especially with the albums, is that he's tried too hard to create like a moment yes instead of kind of like letting it flow a little more naturally i just want to make a good album he's like i'm trying to make an iconic album i'm trying to make an album that they're gonna and i think for sometimes for some people that works out well you think of like the kendrick's or the kanye's mm-hmm. but drake seems can feel for so forced mm-hmm. and to me nonstop is like the epitome of drake not being a forced rapper it's just him like settling into himself and like just rapping yeah, yeah. you know um Mob Ties also Incredible. up there for me. Yeah. <laughs> so even like Nice for What is like a wedding jam forever. Yes. You know? Even like God's God's Plan, which I got so sick of. Uh played it at a wedding recently and it was like it was like, oh, this song. Like yeah. is this you were like, is this his best song? You know? Oh my god. Scorpion has in my feelings, man. Exactly. Man, if you want to talk about Drake's hits, even the hits on this fucking album <laughs> yeah, exactly. are mind blowing. He has more hits on this album, which most people don't like, than most rappers would ever have in their career. It's true. <laughs> it's like hilarious. It's actually comical. If yeah. you like man, just look at the fucking catalog. Yeah. Just put some respect on his name, goddammit. Yeah, you true. know? It's put true. some musically put some respect on his name. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, who's next for you? Let's see. I feel like we should talk about Young Thug. We should talk about Rich Gang, yeah. the tour part one. We did an entire episode of this, so we won't have to go super in detail. Yeah. I think in general, Young Thug is one of the artists of the decade. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. I think it was 21 Savage who just said that 
you know, a lot of people owe 90% of rap today. This right now is owed to young thug and future. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, I mean, the number might be a little high, but it's, it's not too far off. You know, the influence of, uh, of young thug in terms of, and it's just, once again, it's also interesting because like, if you think about the same thing with future is that when I was getting super into young thug, I think initially like 2011, 2012, he, you, 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 you couldn't force people to listen to it. Like yeah. people would run away from it. It's like, this is literally the worst thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess it's just like more of a testament to how when something so radically new comes into existence, sometimes mm-hmm. people just reject it initially because it's just, they just don't understand it Yes, and they can't appreciate it for what it is or try to see what's achieving and they can only evaluate it against the rubric of what already exists or how they think music should be in mm-hmm. quotes. And yeah, I don't know. It's like Thugger and you know, Rich Gang the Tour part 1 which we had did an entire episode about. It is it's episode 22. It's a Catch-Up Classics Volume 2. Wow, we were probably so innocent back then. <laughs> um but it's uh yeah, this 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 is the project I feel like uh this is not his mo- his most standout, I don't think, but it's like it's it's up there. What the tour? Yeah. Well, it's just it's, this is this is the album he put out with Rich Homie Kwan when yeah, they were a rap duo for a brief period of time. It's not single friendly in mm-hmm. the same kind of way, but in terms of sort of pushing the the aesthetic forward, pushing the genre forward, this uh, the timing of this album it's is true. so it's vital because before this he hadn't really put out like a really like consistent project. It's true. It was very spotty. Yeah, and I think also you know I you know. I also this is also this album came out the same year I believe as Lifestyle, which was mm-hmm. the big. It like, came at the same time. Same time, like yeah. a big top ten hit that Rich Homie Kwan and Thugger had, which is mysteriously not on the album. Yeah, it's very. Strange. I'm sure it's something to do with. Oh yeah, probably you know, true. licensing stuff. Licensing stuff, cash money. Yeah, whether or not he was actually signed to them, all that stuff. Also, but, shout out to Rich Homie Kwan. Shout out to Rich Homie Kwan. He's somebody who's going to be, I think, unfortunately forgotten. Yes, like and, it, and on these like. Best of the decades list, best of the 2010s. You better put uh, some uh, some way. Is that what it's called? You made it feel. Remember, they were all like, "I promise, I will not stop going in." <laughs> they had that hilarious format. Some type of some type type away. Yeah, type some type away. That was a fucking banger. Um, yeah, and Rich Homie Kwan's mixtapes were all like, you know, yeah. I will not, I will not stop going in. I promise, I will never stop going in. Honestly, stop playing with me. I'm not going to stop going yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> that last one was a fake one, but they were all like off of this scene. Still going in. And if you, oh, I, no, but he does. He literally does have one. If you ever think I will stop going in to ask Double R. Yeah, Double Royal R. Rich. I think yeah. it's like one of his like label people. Yeah. Like, it's like he did actually stop going in, it seems. I know. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Well, I mean, actually, I think the truth is that, you know, because I listened to some of the later stage Rich Homie Kwan that's actually very good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just that he just kind of lost relevancy when he kind of departed from his young his relationship with young thug yeah because young thug is such a a shining star it's like such a tragic breakup it really is and you know and it's like it's interesting because you know young thug on his press run this year for so much fun people were asking him about rich homie kwanalan he was Mm -hmm. talking about it and he was like he's like you know what we're like we don't have beef but like what happened between us was like a personal thing and like we're just never going to work together again like young thug will will never work with rich homie kwan again he says because he has like a kind of like a it's he just was so turned off by how things went down Mm -hmm. that it's like he just doesn't want to yeah which is like a real tragedy because they make magic they made magic together like if you if you haven't listened to the tour part one 
I don't know if it's on Spotify, but you can listen to it all on YouTube. Mm. And it's just worth going out of your way to listen to because there's it's just very special. It's like two guys in full control of their powers mm. and who just have a litany of different flavors and types of song on here that mm. are just like that they all body. Yeah. And I mean, we we also talk more about um, Young Thug's uh, career in general on episode early. We did an episode early. This episode summer, 48. 48. When so, so much fun. When so much fun came out. So, so you can hear more about. Uh, and the specific songs that we like yeah. on those. Yeah. But I mean, just off top, I'll just mention a few songs that you can go and listen to. Uh, I, you know, I love, uh, <laughs> I love I'm a Ride from, mm-hmm. from this it's album. really good. Very good. Milk Marie is a great Rich Homie Kwan song. War Ready, Ready. By, Rich, by Rich Homie Kwan. Wow. That song makes you yeah. feel war ready, yeah. honestly. Um, Flava. Oh, God, this album yeah, is so good. I'm going to listen so to it as soon as we leave. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, also, yeah. Shout out Barter Six. Barter Six. Yes. Jeffrey. Um, I mean, he did have a lot of good mixtapes. He, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, go listen to the episode. Yeah. Go listen to that episode. Uh, beautiful Thugger Girls. Yeah. Like Thugger. Yeah. Definitely one of the artists of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, for my next artist, I'm going to, you know, go, a lot of the people we've, we've mentioned are pretty, uh, much consensus people mm-hmm. right now, uh, cause they've been established for most of the decade. Pretty much everybody has been around. So one I'm going to mention now who you might not be surprising based if you listen to this podcast a lot, who is someone I think will, uh, is just this year has started to become very popular and will probably be a list like the top of the tops in the next two, three years is Playboy Cardi hmm. and his self-titled mixtape. I remember it dropped the same day as Kendrick's damn. And I was like, he hadn't really released anything. You're like waiting to release your debut mixtape right. on the same day as a Kendrick Lamar release. Like you, how did you fuck this up so yeah. badly? And then I ended up listening to that album more than any other album in 2017. And it just <laughs> expressed like a new evolution of the young thug sound. Mm. This like, ephemeral abstract version of of the sort of Atlanta, you know, trap muse sound. And uh and you know, since then I think this year you could say that the most anticipated album is the new the next Playboy Cardi album. A whole lot of red. A whole lot of red. A whole lot of leaks. A whole lot unfortunately, <laughs> like many great albums in the past, such as the Carter Three or uh Purple Haze uh it has been had like a million more leaks leaks. than like the titanic like it's just like it's actually very sad it's sad unfortunately because it's like now we're gonna have to wait until 2020 most likely before we hear a new album and it's like also just when you have a bunch of songs leak that people really love which is Mm -hmm. the case with with uh, playbook cardi it just puts it sacks the the deck against you because people have already formulated a version of this album in their heads. Yeah, exactly. and whatever you release is not going to match that. Yeah, and that is already like a cognitive dissonance that's hard for people to transcend and yeah. actually enjoy the finished product that they get. Exactly. So, and I mean, it, this isn't a new thing for him. Di- Lit actually had a lot of leaks too, and it's it's like you got to just figure this shit out. Yeah, even even Uzi's figured figured it out. Yeah, you know where he. <laughs> somewhat yeah well he was recently calling out he discovered who the leaker was and he's calling the person out by name on his twitter yeah yeah (laughs) 
who's a producer. It was like somebody, who, not a producer, but he was in the in the camp of the producers that he's that he's working with on this album, working on dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, are their names and like so? Yeah, man, it's like it's just wild when you can put a face to the na- to the leaks. It's just like oh, this is like because I feel like when it's like you just talk about leaks, it's like kind of this amorphous, you know, mm. mysterious thing that you're like. Oh, like who knows how it gets out of there? Maybe yeah, yeah. it's like hackers or whatever. But it's, yeah. you know, it's like one person who yeah. has access to the files who then sells it to somebody. Yeah, for probably not even that much money. I know that's a fucked up part. Yeah, it's like you're fucking up the rest of you're you're fucking up the the money that your crew would make. Yeah, plus our own personal enjoyment, which is more my concern. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so people, yeah, yeah, it's think... not it's not it's like there's there's the self title album. There's also Dial It, which is like an incredible. Um, I think. Because I my I wanted to include Cardi here not only because he's been my favorite rapper the last few years but also because I knew our list would skew so heavily to the middle yeah that it was like important to have someone who represented to me the best of the the end of the decade it's true it's true yeah I mean yeah I I I, I don't I'm, not, I, I'm never expecting him to be in your top five no but. no no but I, I would say like for you know let's talk about Rihanna and Anti okay you know I think that. The fact that like Anti, there's this this thing that happened earlier this year where Rihanna Anti has been on the Billboard two like Billboard two hundred I think uh, the Billboard charts for the last ever since Anti came out. Yeah. So it's like almost four full years now, yeah. and it's like hasn't left the charts once. Yeah. And I think it just is like the replayability of Anti as an album is something that artists strive an entire career to make. One of the things that's funny about that record is that it got delayed. A- ton like i think it was originally supposed to come out two years before and there was a lot of like kind of speculation like um what kind of like uh, half cooked like thing are we gonna get where it's like not working out for because oftentimes when an album is really really delayed like that especially from someone who seemingly has the world at her fingertips like rihanna you're like what is going on there Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and then it comes out and it's like kind of better than anybody expected it to be totally you know totally i mean i wasn't i wasn't a big rihanna fan before this album came out and when it came out i was living in amsterdam and we had a kind of sonos office situation where people would play music like you know throughout the the office and some some of the times i was playing it would be up to me mm-hmm. and like i know if you listen to this podcast you know that the kind of music i like is like violent aggressive gangster <laughs> rap, mostly yeah. You know, said skews Southern, and like that's not the most like you know enjoyable, friendly music to play in an office. Mm-hmm. And when this album came out, I was like, I the fact that I I love this album so much, I'm like, and every single human will love this album. Yeah. <laughs> like if somebody doesn't like Anti Bariana, you cannot trust them. <laughs> if they're in your family, yeah, you gotta you gotta change your family. That's true. What's the point of having family if you're gonna be out here with these kind of heathens? That's true. You know, but let's talk about some of the songs on here. You know, from from Kiss It Better mm-hmm. to Work, Desperado, Woo, Needed Me. Like, everything on this album's a banker, basically. The, I want to just take a moment to shout out Party Next Door. Because Party Next Door wrote two of the best songs on Anti, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, or at least two, I think. Uh, work, which, you know, forever be a classic. Uh, with that incredible video shot in Toronto. Mm. Um, and Sex With Me, uh, which I a song I love too. It might be my like kind of favorite from that album now, actually. And he also wrote so much of Drake's best music. Yes, true. You know, he's he's someone who 
I hope still has another like great release in him. He's one of my favorite artists of the decade, but has doesn't I don't think he has one project that kind of stands with the other the rest of the stuff we're talking about. So I at least want to shout him out when he has contributed so much to a couple of the uh albums we we're talking about. That's very true. Anyway, back to Auntie. Yeah. Um what can, what can I say? Even even, you know, she 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 took the Tame and Paula song, Same Old Mistakes, and made it a Rihanna song. Yeah, and it works so it well. It works. There must have been something in the air in like 2015 and 16. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. music was just so good. It really was. It's- Even thinking about, you know, because I feel like at this point we can stop going through the list and just talk, talk about honorable mentions of moments that were really great. The only other thing would be Frank Ocean. Yeah, which we I guess we talked about it very we Very briefly. briefly mentioned it, but we didn't yeah. really talk about it. I feel like we don't need to talk about Frank Ocean like that. Everyone knows everything about yeah, Frank Ocean. Yeah, exactly. Um, Plus, he got canceled for the prep thing. Nah, man. <laughs> we can't. Nah, I know. Imagine canceling Frank for that. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's like <laughs> yeah. Kodak Blacks running around. <laughs> yeah, like, so you know? Yeah, he didn't um, invite the right people to his event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Kodak Black is like terrorizing the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, honorable mentions. Man, Kodak is a great rapper. Yeah, he really is. It's like, I guess it's, I guess it's, there's 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 always going to be tragic cases where people just can't get out of their own ways, like, yeah. and are so destructive to humanity. Yeah, like just harm everyone that they come into contact with. Basically, the weird thing about Kodak though is how self reflexive he is in his music. I know it's so strange. I know it's like like I mean he obviously I think lives in existence that most people could not relate to mm-hmm. and the f- how young he was when he started seeing his success it's true it's like he didn't it's like that give this person who's had this crazy of a background unlimited money unlimited drugs surround him with like not good influences yeah it's should true. we say yeah at the, at and the see what happens it's true and it's like it's wild because like thinking of this generation of like new rappers like in terms of like i think skill he's and he's maybe the best yeah he's one of them yeah for sure he's, and like, he's like top top three for sure yeah and it's like and i who knows it's just like kind of a feel feels like it's almost all all for naught yeah exactly um but on a, on a more positive note yeah a little uzi vert came out of this decade That's man true. a little uzi vert like honestly Another guy who's like one of my favorite artists. I think he's going to be like a 2020s rapper, though. I don't feel like yes. he's seen. We I have like he, I his, think his we've best seen a glimpse. Stuff, yes. Yeah, is is definitely in the future. Yes, I, I'm 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 actually even I'm really happy that that that's the case. But I just want to give an honorable mention to one project that was one of my favorites of this decade, which is Little Uzi Vert vs. the World. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this this album, this project was just something that like it kind of like. It really blew my mind when I first heard it. It was like to me, it was an, it's like the, my favorite songs in here are extensions of, are kind of like an extension of what I loved about Future's Pluto. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like thug. I mean, I don't know if you consider Uzi a thug at the time. I I kind of did. He's like he's from North Philly. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like his first his first song was called. It was like one of his first songs that I ever heard was like a, essentially a self titled song called Uzi that was. Reminded me of kind of like a more turned up shy glizzy yeah, yeah. kind of song. So it, it which was and. But um, anyway, but like the songs that I really like are like uh, "Grab the Wheel," "You oh, Was Right," "Baby Are You Home." Such a good album. They're all like they're like, they're like love songs, and this album is kind of like a like a very focused on his relationship his relationship with a his partner at the time, this woman Brittany Bird, mm-hmm. and it's like and he mentions her by name in all these songs, and I remember I was super into that. I was mm-hmm. like, this rapper who's like twenty years old is like 
you know, talking about his girlfriend by name on this song. It was such a foreign concept to me that a rapper would be like, I love this one woman. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's just like, I, 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 anyway, and not to mention like Money Longer, which is like, yeah, his, one still of his, the biggest bangers of the decade. Yes. Um, we don't really need to talk about Solange either, but she would obviously be top of the top for yeah. Seat of the Table being like a true masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the album that uh, hasn't we haven't really talked about too much on this show before, I don't think, other than maybe on the Astroworld episode is Days Before Rodeo. Oh my God, true. Which is just such an incredible record. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Travis Scott is sort of problematic in the in a different way, a not less moral way than uh, depending on <laughs> well, well, like, I mean, not like Kodak. That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's a different scale of morality. Yes, that's right. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily an upstanding citizen, but uh, or whatever you would think. It's like, not a criminal. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not a violent. He's not a violent person. person. Yeah, that we know. Of. That, as far as we know, true. Uh, I, I'm not crazy about him being the be- biggest rapper in the world, which he is right now, essentially. Mm. Like, he, at least in terms of where, like, teens are at. Yep, and teens drive the... the drive the culture. Yeah. Because um, his shit is so vapid. <laughs> but that said, yeah. like, it hits. It hits, man. This guy's got slaps on deck, Yeah, man. and Days Before Rodeo was, like, it's sort of the same thing in 2014 as, as where the tour is... You know, showing us what we can do with melody and and like lyrics, and just sort of new ways of expressing trap. Yeah, Rich Gangs the tour. Yeah, Rich Gangs the tour. Uh, Days before Rodeo was like, what is like a really high concept cinematic version of trap look like? Mm. You know. Yeah, and I think Travis's biggest skill is that he's a master synthesizer mm-hmm. in the sense that he bring, can bring somewhat disparate elements together. And when I say some somewhat disparate, I mean like he. He's able to like, you know, inhabit a world where he can be on a song with Migos and Pee Wee Longway and sound at home. Then he's like with Big Sean sounding at home. Then he does like a Kid Cudi influence thing that sounds like his style. Like he's just really good at like inhabiting a style and mm-hmm. making it sound like it's the dominant thing that he does. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shout out a couple of like veterans who made perfect records. Like... Can, can we play one song from this, Travis? Yeah, of course. Because um, like, we, we haven't been playing any of the songs, but I like uh, Quintana Part 2 yeah. uh, is to me just like the most like evocative of this time period of Travis's career uh, song that, that mm-hmm. I love and it just just gives me all the, all the good feelings. So let's listen to Quintana Part 2 by Travis Scott from Days Before Rodeo. shout out like some of the r&b people who just dropped like veterans like d'angelo with black and the black vanguard 
We, oh, sorry. D'Angelo and the Vanguard dropping Black Messiah. Erica Badu with New America Part Two and Can't You Can't Use My Phone. Oh my God. Yeah. Phone down. Yeah. So Erica. good. Uh, Sampha with Process is another record I really like. Um, also, we haven't talked about Kendrick Lamar, who. That's true. You know, <laughs> released. A little, uh, little known artist. Four or five classics. Is, is that good? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, it's like we were saying before we started recording, it's kind of easy to take him for granted. Yeah. Because it's like, he's just so consistent. He's always going to bring like an, like a, a incredibly uh, rich album. Uh, he's sort of preserves a certain spirit of, like what rap was in the nineties in mm-hmm. terms of con- like sort of conceptual spirituality, storytelling uh, into the two thousands and keeps it fresh. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if anything, I think it's just that his adulation is so like, it's, there's no one. He won a Nobel prize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is the, what is the, uh, what's like the hot take with, with Kendrick, even like at, at most people, is if anyone doesn't like him, they're like, he's not as good as people say. Sorry, he won a Pulitzer Prize. Pulitzer not Prize. A, not, not a Nobel no. Prize yet. Yeah, that's coming. Yeah, that tend, you tend to get that when you're old. Yeah, that's true. Well, there, there might the way the things are going, they might give it to Greta Thunberg <laughs> next <laughs> yeah, year. True. Or something. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean Kendrick, you know, even the Black Panther soundtrack is so good. Yeah. Obviously, Butterfly, Section Eighty. Kendrick has no misses. Yeah, He's never just, missed. Um, what is there even to say? Yeah, I just think it's like, don't you know? I think it's easy to take him for granted because I know I have. Like, I was in a store, some some maybe a cafe a few days, like a few weeks ago actually, and I just was hearing uh, they were playing they were playing Damn and the song God mm-hmm. from that album. So good. And I was like, this is like. Wow. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that this is not the thing the only thing we're ever talking about. It's yeah. like even I mean let's play a little bit of God from from uh yeah. damn. This what God feel like laughing to the bank like ah flex on swole like ah yeah i mean it's kendrick man yeah I mean, I, I in, in some sense, part of the reason 2019 wasn't as good a rap year as other years is that there's no Kendrick albums, <laughs> you know? It's true. I mean, like, if you think about it, you can make the argument that All Right, Off to Pimba Butterfly is Song of the Decade, hmm. because of its, pl- it's, it, it's sort of timing and, and uh, usage with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, which is, you know? Yeah, kind of like, especially if this decade is like kind of like the decade that activism really became the kind of like a cultural force amongst almost like like such a wide swath of of young people Mm -hmm. are just involved in like activist circles whether it's like you know feminism or like lgbtq like yeah rights uh, like the list goes on and on yeah 
I mean, it's like, like in some sense, wokeness is the state of like activist mindset coloring like your decisions in life. Hmm. You know, hmm. it's From like post post Occupy Wall Street to like Black Lives Matter yeah. to everything that's happening right now. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, the the notion of of problematic, the notion, of, you know, the myth of cancel culture all comes out of the fact that people now actually care about the consequences of their actions. It's true and can be brought that though they can be brought forward in front of sort of the public the tribunal and, yeah and the ask social media tribunal them. ask the answer for them and it's yeah. you know why did this happen because like part of it it seems to be that there was this moment where pop culture which is was apolitical to nihilistic to maybe even fascist in a lot of the <laughs> last 50 years uh like somehow like the pendulum swung the pendulum swung yeah. And Kendrick was a huge part of that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's true. Well, you know, I think that's enough. That's enough albums. I just want to shout out My Crazy Life by YG. Though. Oh, yeah. That's a fire album. That's a fire album. And I feel like it's going to be it's, it's going to be a little bit forgotten. Exactly. Because yeah. YG's kind of gotten, at least his most recent album wasn't the kind of conceptual album that that was. It's, and it's also his music sounds like how he dresses. That's <laughs> true. Which is not a bad thing. It's I know. Just what it is. Yeah. Um, it's a little too, it's a little too much. A it's a little, sometimes. yeah. Uh, Whereas, also, I'll give a special shout out to uh, J. Cole's Friday Night Lights. Mm, mm-hmm. 2010. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just under the wire. You know, it's like, or Cushion Orange Juice. Yeah, Cushion OJ. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on my list of the best really? of the decade. Yeah, it's not. Are you a flight school truth? Yeah, I'm a flight school truth. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are like, what are you talking about? These are like Wiz Khalifa early mixtapes. Mix yeah. yeah. Flight School was like, that was my, that Before was my. he became like the corniest rapper. Yeah. And you know what? I really saw, I, I remember I talked to my man, my friend Chris about this. We were big Wiz Khalifa fans, like from early on. Mm-hmm. And it was like, by the time he made his major label uh, debut, which I wasn't a super huge fan of that album, I believe it's called um, O.N. IFC? Who cares? Yeah, who cares what it's called? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Who gives he's, a fuck? <laughs> he's like he, he he's like funny because he he was like a savior of rap in 2010. Rap in no, sorry, his his so his, his major label debut was called Rolling Papers, and I just yeah, it yeah. was already kind of like it was at that point I was already like okay, this guy's lost to us. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, you know what? He'd already given us a, like for me, Deal or No Deal, which is his, one of his early mixtapes. Uh, how flies first one with with currency in flight school, mm-hmm. and even a bit of Prince of the City too. I'm like, this is already enough quality work that I'm like, dude, do whatever the fuck you got to do to yeah. pad your cough your pockets. Yeah, I don't have to listen to your music ever again, but you've already given me stuff that like it was very important and influential in my life. Yeah, you no, and that, and that is a very healthy attitude to it, you know. And besides, he made three billion dollars from that Fast and the Furious song. That shit was no, but it was like <laughs> yeah. I had number one for a really yeah, it was. long time. It's, yeah, see, see you again is a song. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that's that's I think that's an that's, that's enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious as to what you're if you're listening to this and when we post this, we'll 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 well. I want to know what your your top uh, albums of the decade are. Yeah. What don't are, get mad at us because we said Kendrick later on in the honorable mention. Like he's not an honorable mention. It's also like don't get mad at us for any of these opinions. <laughs> yeah, you know, true. like it, we're we're just. <laughs> Also, these these are the best albums of the decade to us. You know, yeah, yeah. everyone's gonna have different best. No, albums. I actually think that there's there's just one best. Just one <laughs> best. That's how it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, that is the actual truth. But we're just. Yeah, trying that's to... not. But it's not actually the truth I with know. art. You know, no. ultimately, oh, I'm this joking. shit changes. I'm joking. Um, no, I mean, but like, okay, 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much. This is this is our last episode for this decade, yeah. and for the for the next little while, we're going to figure out what our next steps are. We have a few different avenues that we can take, and we're trying to decide which is the best one. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, you know, the podcast game is is it's kind of. We're still figuring it out, you know, seemingly making an episode each week about an artist. We started to feel that that formula was getting a little stale. Yeah, it's like it's it, you know. Yeah. And I think it's like we've we thought about doing more interview podcasts, which we're probably still going to we're going to do that. We're probably going to do live events again. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we're kind of now talking about doing sort of like maybe little series on this particular topic, which I think sounds a little bit more fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Because ultimately, once you start going through artist careers, they all start to sound pretty similar. Yeah. You know, and I don't it doesn't seem like our audience necessarily feels that way. But frankly... We feel that way. We feel that so way. We want to. We want to find something new and sink our teeth into that. But we just want to um, shout you you guys out for the yeah. yeah thank you for, for all the listeners for like the last year and a half. Yeah, with this format, it's been it's been really so meaningful to get messages from people all around the world in the U.S., in Europe, in Africa, like just talking to us about, uh, and also you know all around Canada talking to talking to us about like you know, do this episode or like, I, I loved when you guys talked about this or like, you know, it's, it's, it's just so touching to know that people have enjoyed uh, hearing us do this. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It really yeah. has. And I look forward to seeing what we do next. You yeah. Know? I know it's going to be fire. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Okay. So I hope you have a very safe holiday season mm-hmm. and a safe new year's Eve and new year's day. We'll but that. after that, you're on your own. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what happens to you after that. Wow. <laughs> I'm just joking. I hope you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, see you next decade. Yeah.